All right, we are back. Looks like we're actually doing better than I thought we were going to do on time. So let's do a, a few plugs here and mention some current events. We like to have that as a part of every program. Yes, you should go to planetarysociety.org for current events um, related to this uh, Mars extravaganza. There's one I would uh, draw your attention to that has more to do with the Planetary Science Institute. It so happens that our Dr. Bruce Betts is also a member of this society. Uh, Another member, Dr. William K. Hartman, is going to be speaking in the Bay Area on August 30th as part of Chabot College's Distinguished Lecture Series. For more information on that, go to www.chabotspace.org or call 510-336-7300. I will not be around on August 30th at 6.30 p.m. when uh, Dr. William Hartman will be delivering a lecture called A Traveler's Guide to Mars. What's interesting about the good doctor is that he's not only a planetary scientist of first rate, he's also an artist. I think everyone should have a copy of The Grand Tour, A Traveler's Guide to the Solar System that he put out. It's now in its second edition, which shows views all over our solar system based on uh, what uh, planetary probes have revealed to us in the past couple of decades. I would love to see uh, Dr. Hartman's view of what uh, a traveler will see when he goes to Mars. He uh, worked with Drs. Bruce Murray and Carl Sagan back on the Mariner probe, so he knows a lot about this subject and is a very um, imaginative and innovative artist, which is is a good thing. The Planetary Society was originally founded by Drs. Bruce Murray, Dr. Carl Sagan, and Dr. Lewis Friedman. Dr. Friedman uh, is someone we may want to also get for the show in the future because I think he would be a, a very interesting guest. I promised you on last week's show we were going to deal with some topics out of invention and technology regarding things like duct tape, tires, the helmet, and one article on the old solar water heater. Uh, But you know what? We're going to put that off to a future show. There's some other stuff that's going to take priority here, but we'll get back to that. All right. uh, An item that caught my eye off the web was that the six degrees of separation theory appears to hold true online. Now, over at Columbia University, a number of researchers um, um, set to work to try and determine how easy it is to get from person A to person B. We've heard that it quoted that there are six degrees of separation or six people that connect any two human beings on Earth, and they decided to test test this hypothesis using the Internet. Participants were informed that their task was to help relay a message to their allocated target by passing the message to a social acquaintance whom they considered quote, closer, unquote, than themselves to the target. On the average, it took five to seven intermediate steps. Now, apparently this idea of six degrees of separation first arose in 1967 when U.S. psychologist Stanley Milgram wrote about his small world theory in Psychology Today magazine. He found that volunteers were able to contact strangers using a network of friends, business contacts, and acquaintances. And the theory took on a new life when someone invented the Kevin Bacon game, which uses actor Kevin Bacon as a target and other film stars as intermediate steps. We ought to ask Gary Chu about that. I bet he'd be pretty good at it. I've tried it myself, and I know movies reasonably well, but that can be a tough one. You know, like connect Alec Guinness to Mickey Rooney, (laughs) trying to figure out using all the people in Kevin Bacon films. It is pretty funny. There's also a Broadway play and I think a movie called Six Degrees of Separation about a con artist. 
My own uh, informal anecdotal research into this uh, it harkens back to 15 years ago when I decided to take a trip around the world, mostly the third world. I didn't have anybody in mind that I was going to meet that I knew. What I figured is beforehand, I would meet someone at random in the third world who knew someone that I would know. I figured I would get one degree of separation away from somebody at random, figuring if I know 5,000 people in my lifetime, they know 5,000 people, it's 25 million, fairly substantial subset of the world's population. In my rather random meandering to the third world for an 11 and a half month period, I did better than one degree of separation. I actually at random met four people whom I knew personally. The odd thing about this is there's a UCD connection to all of them. So I think keep in mind, you college students, you're going to form a network of people in, during these years of education that, uh, that, that get around. For the record, I ran to, into my uh, ex-college roommate from 2nd and C Street in Davis and her husband in a Guatemalan village, yes, at random. They'd uh, gotten a postcard from me months before and in traveling to Guatemala were remarking, wouldn't it be funny if we ran into Doug? And he said, well, he's in Ecuador. I mean, we're known to the chances of that. Well, two out of two. The month before, up on the ruins of Machu Picchu, a friend of mine I was hanging out with uh, was talking to a white-haired gentleman when I walked up and said, oh, hello, doctor. One of my preceptors from internship. And a professor of anthropology happened to be studying in Kenya and staying in the same hotel I was. That may be more detail than you need, but uh, it is interesting. This concept of how many degrees of separation, fewer than you think. And uh, speaking of UCD, uh, one of the uh, alumni magazines they sent out had a bit of, had a column called Did You Know UC Davis Trivia? A couple of these I thought were pretty interesting. Did you know that cow tipping by a UC Davis student is grounds for expulsion? Warning. You know what cow tipping is? I think as, as we move away from being quite the agricultural center that we used to be, perhaps, uh, well, people don't go out and tip cows over more anymore. I've never done it myself, but I understand that a sleeping cow can be snuck up on by a number of college students, and if pushed abruptly, can be tipped over. According to U.S. News & World Report, UC Davis ranks 10th among the top public universities nationwide. Now, I take all these, you know, rankings a bit with a bit of a grain of salt, but it is nice to know that we are highly regarded nationwide. But the most uh, fascinating statistic among this Do You Know UC Davis trivia was the fact that a little more than one out of every 300 Californians graduated from UC Davis. I'm mean, you know, figuring that, you know, the last 50 years, if you graduated, you're probably still alive, and there were a lot less than 5,000 back then. Let's say 100,000 graduates out of a state of 3 million. Yeah, one in 300. Well, I mean, you know, with that kind of pool to draw from, you think the UC Davis Alumni Association ought to be rolling in dough. And, uh, you know, and they, and it, would it kill them to cough up a few bucks to help this radio station operate? I don't think so. All right, we have uh, time, I think, for one, uh, one more little bit of politics. Um, by the way, this is, I believe, day 702 in the still unsuccessful search for Osama bin Laden, the man who attacked us almost two years ago on September 11th. Sacramento B, bottom of the front page last Sunday. Powell's key Iraq speech, uh, some claims look rickety. <laughs> Charles Hanley, Associated Press. Yes, rickety would be one good word. 
The Associated Press, Mr. Hanley, did a pretty uh, pretty good job of analyzing some key points in this speech that uh, Secretary Powell made to the United Nations last February. And I think we should go through a few specifics. Secretary Powell told the UN that Iraq had produced 8,500 liters of anthrax, that it had four tons of the nerve agent VX, and that we have no indication that Saddam Hussein ever abandoned his nuclear weapons program. Well, it turned out the amounts that we found in Iraq turned out to be more like zero liters of anthrax and zero liters of the nerve agent VX, and we've uncovered no evidence of a plausible indication of the revival of a nuclear weapons program in Iraq. Secretary Powell told the UN that 122 millimeter chemical warheads might be the tip of an iceberg. Well, it turned out they did find a dozen stray rocket warheads. They were never uncrated and were left over from the 1980s. I think Secretary Powell needed to explain a little bit more about that particular iceberg. The secretary told the UN that Iraq had a few dozen prohibited Scud-type missiles. After the invasion, we have discovered they had no Scud-type missiles. They apparently were all previously destroyed, as Iraq insisted that it had done. And lastly, my favorite. Powell presented satellite photos of industrial buildings and suggested they showed Iraqis surreptitiously moving prohibited missiles and chemical and biological weapons to hide them. At two sites, he said, trucks were decontamination vehicles associated with chemical weapons. It should be noted that UN weapons inspector Hans Blix had said his well-equipped experts, after 500 inspections, found no contraband and no sign that items had been moved, and nothing has been reported found since. As for the decontamination vehicles, they turned out to invariably be either water or fire trucks. I would like to point out that the opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KDVS or the regions of the University of California, but on this show, we thought what Secretary Powell had to say last February was hogwash, and it appears we were right. All right, let's close with an email sent to me by Susie, some potential Bush-Cheney bumper stickers for the 04 election. Okay, Bush-Cheney 04. In your heart, you know they're technically correct. <laughs> Bush-Cheney 04. Lies and videotape, but no sex. Bush-Cheney 04. This time, elect us. <laughs> Bush-Cheney 04. Putting the con in conservatism. Bush-Cheney 04. Thanks for not paying attention. Bush-Cheney 04. Making the world a better place. One country at a time. And my favorite, Bush Cheney 04, the last vote you'll ever have to cast. Thank you, Susie. All right, this program was produced by Mr. Edward McMillan. It is Radio Parallax. You've been listening to KDVS 90.3 FM. I'd like to thank once again Dr. Bruce Betts of the Planetary Society. It was fun talking to him, and I look forward to having him on again. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. I will not be with you the next two weeks because I'm going to go to South America to look at Mars. Any questions or comments, please send us an email at info at radioparallax.com or just go to radioparallax.com and check out our website. I should uh, point out that the next two weeks' shows may be pre-recorded, but they won't be reruns. 
and we're hoping to have Michael Bana, National Geographic documentarian, on next week's program, which should be worth listening to. Stay tuned for Todd Urick, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. But tune in next Thursday at 5 o'clock, like you always do.